Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast for the Timberwolves big win over the LA Lakers on Saturday night. We'll talk about the crazy finish, another rough performance from Carl Anthony Towns, and also some strong moments on both ends of the floor down the stretch as the Wolves held on to beat LeBron on his birthday. Yeah, part of that crazy finish was a little controversial. We'll talk about that. Uh, but overall, another strong win for the Wolves over a playoff team. We'll talk about the whole thing here on the show today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. January 1st today, a new calendar year for the Wolves. And uh, it's... It's going to have to have a strong finish to the season to beat the calendar year of 2023 if you're a Wolves fan. Um, it's been it's been a crazy year. And uh, today, I want to talk about the last game from 2023. We're going to talk Wolves-Lakers from Saturday. Also get you ready for Wolves-Knicks this afternoon. It's a matinee today, 2 p.m. Central on NBA TV. The Wolves are at the Garden. Uh, you know, who knows? They spent New Year's Eve, I guess, in New York City. So we'll see how this goes uh, this afternoon. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but I do want to unpack a, a few things from Wolves-Lakers on Saturday, so we'll do that here on the show today. First of all, though, off the top, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Um, so, Wolves Lakers. And this, like the last time the Wolves played the Lakers, of course, LeBron did not play. This time around, the Lakers clearly were gearing up. They, you know, Darvin Ham had some comment, you know, Friday that he expected both Anthony Davis and LeBron to play potentially in both sets. They had also a game Sunday. This is the front end of a back to back for LA. And he expected them to play in both games, Saturday and Sunday. And that's, that's, um, by the way, that's the respect, side note here, that's the respect that the Timberwolves are garnering now, is that these teams are, we talked about this with Miami a couple of weeks ago, the Heat really loaded up to play to play the Timberwolves, right? They were excited to get everybody back, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, they wanted to play the best team in the West and go toe-to-toe with them, and of course the Wolves ended up coming back and winning in that game. Same deal here, the Wolves got off to a terrible start against the Lakers, and LA had, had this thing, I, I I want to quickly kind of go blow by blow for the game as a whole, like the game flow, as I like to call it. Then I'll talk some key takeaways. Um, the Lakers opened with Jared Vanderbilt guarding Mike Conley. And clearly this was just to kind of disrupt the flow of the Wolves offense. It makes sense, right? Like Conley is one of the few, uh, we'll call them playmakers or, or initiators that Vando can really guard. I, I think I, I was never a fan of when the Wolves put Vanderbilt on the ball because I just think his lateral quickness isn't usually quite where it needs to be as good of a defender as he is and as good at wreaking havoc as he was as a Wolves player um, and as he needed to be in that Wolves defensive scheme two years ago pre-Rudy Gobert um, putting Vando on the ball was always a bit of a like hey we don't know what else to do it's it's almost not quite a break glass in case of emergency but that type of a decision and 
the Lakers did it. I think you could do it against Conley because you can't do it against Ant, right? Like you're not going to put him on uh, on Ant. Uh, you're not going to put him on a more dynamic ball handler. But Conley at this stage in his career is not looking to turn the corner on, you know, just like as part of the offense. He's not looking to beat you off the dribble unless it's because he's attacking a closeout or, you know, he has a wide open lane to the basket as we see occasionally anyway because of how dynamic the rest of the Wolves offensive players are. So all that to say, it clearly threw the Wolves out of whack a little bit. They got down 11 in the first quarter. Uh, the Wolves continued their sloppy play in terms of turnovers. We'll talk about that a little later in the show as well. But that was mostly a theme early in the game. And remember, they turned it over, what, 22, 24 times against uh, OKC on Tuesday in the loss. They turned it over another 20 or so times against Dallas on Thursday. They ended up with only, only quote-unquote, 19 turnovers. Still a horrific number in this game. But so many of those were early. And... It was the turnovers and it was the point paint the paint points allowed, excuse me, mostly from Anthony Davis. Uh, AD had 17 points in the first quarter. He finished with 33. He had a lot early and a lot late, not a whole lot in between. And early in this one, the Wolves just, the defense was a half step slow. The offense was sloppy. They were thrown out of whack by Vando providing ball pressure, basically, you know, uh, 94 feet. Like, I mean, the Lakers, it was a little bit of like pseudo full court pressure at times. Just simply inbounding the ball was a bit of an adventure, and, and Conley handled the pressure fine, but the rest of the Wolves didn't necessarily, and it just kind of, it wasn't so much that the Lakers were looking, like, Mike Conley's a, an NBA point guard, he's not going to just turn it over in the backcourt like a like a middle school kid, but it just, it just changes the dynamic of the offense a little bit, and it causes things to maybe be hurried a little bit more. Or, you know, just the rotations, the, the ball rotations not to be perfect. And at times early in the, in the game, the ball got a bit sticky for Minnesota, too. We had Ant, you know, going one-on-one a little bit too much. Um, and the Wolves' offense was just a step behind. Thankfully, though, the bench unit was up for the task. And Nas Reed especially, but also Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, to a lesser extent, eventually Troy Brown Jr., uh, and even Kyle Anderson, all played well for the Wolves. This was probably the best overall bench game we've seen for a little while for Minnesota. And and the numbers aren't gaudy outside of Nas. Nas had 21 and 11 shots, which is nuts off the bench. And we'll talk more about Cat certainly, but that was huge given how much Cat struggled in this game. But Kyle Anderson played a strong game. Troy Brown was solid again. Nikhil Alexander-Walker played a really good game. Uh, but early, this is what the Wolves needed. Minnesota's depth really showed out against the Lakers team that is supposed to be deep. Um, right? Like when they acquired guys like Christian Wood and, and, you know, obviously Austin Reeves has been fantastic and there's a reason they keep him coming off the bench. He wasn't fantastic in this game. Um, D'Angelo Russell, like moving to the bench, this is supposed to be a deep Lakers team. Like you look at their one through nine and you figure, Hey, this is supposed to stack up with anybody in the West. Well, the Wolves, um, it's a better one through nine. And it's funny because what, you know, two of those guys were on the Wolves 12 months ago. Uh, in D'Angelo Russell and Torian Prince, two of their nine, and three of them were on, the, if you include Vando, going back two years. And the Wolves have Troy Brown Jr., who was on the Lakers at this time last year and, and you know, through the, the entirety of the season last year. So um, both deep teams, but the Wolves bench clearly outplayed the Lakers bench. And it was really important early in the game because when LeBron and AD started to hit the bench, this was basically a double-digit lead. Again, it reached 11 at one point. The Lakers had that double-digit lead, and the Wolves bench just clearly outplayed the Lakers bench uh, in a really significant way, and and that's what kind of stabilized things for Minnesota. Nas had a couple of big threes. Alexander Walker hit a three. Uh, They played strong defense. Nas had a bit of foul trouble in this one. Uh, The whistles were uh, fast and furious, especially for one Tony Brothers in this game. We'll talk a little more about the end of the game here in a minute. But, um, you know, again, the Wolves... Bench was awesome. The paint defense kind of stiffened up a little bit. And and we've seen this again, like it's really both ends of the floor 
often. It's always always seemingly the offense that starts slow. But the defense has started slow here recently, too. And ultimately, they, they played fine in this game, like holding the Lakers to 106 on 42% shooting, under 30% from three. It was actually really good, except for the foul trouble for a few guys for the Wolves. Um, but but early, it was a bit shoddy, and Anthony Davis kind of had his way. The, the Wolves were getting eaten up on the glass early. And again, that's another category that stabilizes the game we're on. We'll talk about that. But this thing was still a, uh, the Wolves were winning at halftime, but they were only up four. And then the third quarter was stop and start, stop and start. A lot of free throw attempts, a lot of reviews. There were some flagrant reviews in there. Um, I guess maybe just one flagrant review uh, that ended up going against Rudy. Also, wasn't a fan of that call. Um, and, and as the game wore on, like things were just kind of, it, it was it was messy. It was stop start is probably the best way to say it. And then it got down to the fourth quarter, and Minnesota built a multiple possession lead, and it felt like Minnesota could put this thing away, um, you know, down the stretch. But instead, things got a bit adventurous. I think, which is maybe a, um, I don't know, adventurous is maybe a kind way to put it, or or a soft way to put it. But down the stretch in the final couple of minutes, I want to unpack that a little bit. Talk about the Jaden McDaniels. Uh, well, first we'll talk about some of the ant theatrics. I think theatrics is the right word because there's some pro and some con in this game, as usual, from Ant. And then also what happened with Jaden McDaniels in the final minutes. And then I want to do key takeaways. I want to talk uh, briefly about, well, I guess this is all related to the McDaniels stuff in terms of the officiating and things like that at the end. Uh, but but then we'll get into some individual studs and duds. We'll also peek ahead at Wolves-Knicks, and that's how we'll spend the rest of the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. In fact, this is the second to last week currently. Um, I don't believe there's a Monday night game tonight, but this next week is the last week of the NFL season. There's still time, though, to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose now, win or lose. That's huge. And you can still bet. You can go bet at Wolves-Knicks for today. In fact, I'm going to pull up that line real quick here. I've got it handy. Uh, but Wolves-Knicks on Monday uh, from Madison Square Garden. You can go bet on that. You can still bet on, um, you know, look at the line for the division. The Wolves are actually one-point favorites on the road at the Knicks. I'm a little surprised that number is not bigger. Um, and there's also some injuries for the Knicks, too, by the way. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But go bet on that game. The FanDuel app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab as well, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more options over at FanDuel as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you, 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Um, so as this game wore down, wore on, I guess, in war on wound down at the end of regulation. Um, things got a bit weird. Like Anthony Edwards had this flurry. Um, I guess it was like early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter that seemingly put the wolves ahead for good. He had that crazy step back when he uh, put Anthony Davis on skates, which was just the hesitation from beyond the arc, which was like a, almost a, he was like threatening a James Harden, like step back from the right slot, got Davis on skates a little dribbled in, looked like he was going to attack. So Davis backpedaled, Killer crossover, makes him slip, knocks down the 16-footer, just an awesome shot. 
after Christian Wood makes a shot the next time down for the Lakers, Ant comes back and hits a three. So just a quick five points from Ant. Uh, the Lakers turn it over on the other end. Uh, and then, of course, it's still close, right? But then Conley hits a three. Ant hits another three off a Conley assist. Ant hits a couple of free throws. Cat um, hits a couple of big free throws. The Wolves are up six. And then Conley hits a dagger to put the Wolves up seven. What seemed like a dagger with 36 seconds left. If you're up seven with 36 seconds left, you should win uh, nine and a half times out of 10. That's probably, it's got to be 95, 97%, if not higher, win. It's probably 97 to 99% win expectancy at that point. On the other end, you know, what's the only thing? We talked about this in the postcast. I did the postcast on Saturday with Tyler Metcalf. There's like a couple things you can't do when you're up seven with 30 seconds left, right? You you don't want to foul on any shot attempt because, you know, obviously a three-point play, you're still up by a couple possessions. You're still up four. But, you know, don't get don't foul, right? Like if they make if they want to shoot a two, let them shoot a two because then you're still up five, right? Like just let it happen. Um, if they want to shoot a three, you absolutely don't foul because you can't afford to have a four-point play. Well, somehow Jane McDaniels gave up a four-point play on a two-point shot. Well, not somehow. I can explain exactly how it happened. Um, he fouls LeBron, and in letter of the law, you know, it's a tough foul call. He's mostly straight up and down. LeBron goes into Jaden's arms. I understand why the foul was called. They actually don't have a major gripe with that. Uh, but McDaniels gets called for the foul and then doesn't let it go with Tony Brothers. Brothers calls a technical. We don't know what Jaden said. It wasn't demonstrative, so it must have been something you really can't say. Maybe an integrity type thing. I'm, I'm completely speculating. It was a magic word or it was something questioning the integrity, something like that. And, uh, 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 excuse me, LeBron finishes the three-point play at the free-throw line and Austin Reeves hits a technical free-throw. That takes us from a seven-point game to a three-point game with 30 seconds to play. The Wolves come down. Mike Conley misses a jumper and the Wolves kind of get sucked in looking for an offensive rebound, which in that situation, like I get it in the sense that a bucket basically seals the game at that point, you know, with under 10 seconds to play. But also the one thing you can't do again here is allow a wide open three and by getting sucked in looking for an offensive rebound, which actually I thought Conley was a big culprit here. He shot the ball and then kind of st stood in no man's land, almost like what Andrew Wiggins typically always did in a Wolves uniform, like either crash the glass or get back, do one or the other. And Conley got stuck in no man's land. He wasn't the only one, but uh, after his shot, he just kind of stood there and froze. LeBron gets going the other way. Conley gets a flyby contest that at least, at least makes LeBron hesitate. And he shoots the pull-up jumper to get the Lakers within one. Would have been a tie... Uh, because it looked like a three-pointer except for the official rule that his toe was on the line. In live action, it did look like it was on the line. On replay, everybody's seen the screenshots going around. You can screenshot it where his foot's behind the line, but turns out when you shoot a jumper, your foot tips forward, right, as you're jumping, and you can start behind the line, but if when you tip forward, the, the toe of your shoe touches the line, that is still a two-point shot. It was the classic NFL version of if they had called it a three on the floor, they would have kept it with a three um, you know, on replay, but because they called it a two on the floor, you could not conclusively show that his toe did not touch the line when it tipped forward. And I thought pretty clearly, if you screenshot it when his toe comes up, it's on the line. If you screenshot it before his toe comes up, it's not on the line, right? So unless you could piece together a view of when the ball leaves his fingertips and when his foot's not touching the line, you can't call that a, a three-point shot. You just can't. The officials got it right on upon review. 
and the Wolves were still up one, but the game still wasn't over because the Lakers had, because this is all going back to the McDaniels mistake, right? The Lakers foul, Anthony Edwards misses a free throw, so now it's a two-point game. The Lakers inexplicably throw the ball to LeBron in the post with 1.1 seconds left. I, I wasn't clear as to why they did that. I thought they'd look for a catch-and-shoot three from you know 26 feet or something, like get an open look from deep, try and win the game. LeBron, like credit Rudy Gobert, Rudy brought a late double, um, and LeBron's basically on the baseline, what, 16 feet on the left side of the floor, and and Rudy saw, like Rudy said after the game, he's like, I looked at the clock and saw like, hey, he doesn't have time to do anything, so I'm just going to flash, you know, flash out there at LeBron and make him kind of second guess, and sure enough, LeBron didn't even get a shot off, so that was a big mistake. I thought a bad decision from the Lakers. Like, why throw the ball into the post with a second left? That's just a tough catch and shoot over a defender in the post. Um, and I think it was Ant that was guarding him because McDaniels had fouled out. Uh, but also, like, then Rudy, great play from Rudy, and LeBron doesn't even get a shot off. The Wolves end up winning by two. So some weird stuff from both teams down the stretch there. McDaniels, obviously, the maturity level has to go up. Um, and and I guess that's the first one of those mistakes we've seen this year. There's maybe one other time I think we got a tech at a tough spot so far this season. Of course, everyone knows about the broken hand thing from last year. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things, that's why McDaniel's silly, but it's one of the reasons he slid into the 20s when the Wolves got him was because he led, I think he led the Pac-12 in technical fouls in his one season there. He had issues with that. And he hasn't, for the most part, besides the infamous broken hand hitting the wall, and then now this situation where he's so even keeled and then he just kind of snaps. And, and you know, that's something he's going to have to deal with. And this can't happen in a big moment. In a playoff game, he becomes a GOAT, you know, in NBA lore if this happens in a playoff game and the Wolves lose, right? Like that sort of thing can't happen for Jaden McDaniels. Going back, speaking of maturity, and this is this is maybe a point, it's a tough thing to like spend a podcast segment covering because we're talking about these these snapshots, these moments in time where like, you know, we don't know day in and day out what these interactions with the coaching staff looks like, look like. But when Anthony Edwards picked up his third foul at the end of the second quarter, he refused to come out of the game. It, I think apparently after the game said he didn't realize it was because of foul trouble. It doesn't matter why, but he waved off. Chris Finch stayed in the game. Finch says he addressed it at, at halftime and that it had been addressed and it, it won't be addressed again publicly and that it won't happen again. And Ant apologized after the game, apparently to the team, but also in the media said he messed up. That's another one of those, like we talked about this in the Minnesota basketball party a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, it's not the same thing as homophobic comments made on social media a couple of years ago. It's not the same thing as the, um, we'll call it unfortunate text exchange that got screenshotted and shared publicly a couple of weeks ago, right? These are all different things, but they all fall under the umbrella of, of, clear immaturity from a superstar player and you know there's it's such a hard conversation to have you know except for not because we could just say it all falls under, falls under this immaturity umbrella and um it's gotta he's got it like we talked about it on the basketball party and i think sam ekstrom said you know this is this is strike two but how many strikes you get if you're anthony edwards right none of these things as a standalone obviously the homophobic remarks are the are the worst thing um Certainly, none of these things are like disqualifying for him as a as like you shouldn't be a fan of this play. Like I would never tell somebody to be to be or not be a fan of a player for something like that happens off the court, right? Or or period. Like that's not my place. But none of these things are like hey nine one one. This guy. None of this is like John Morant level suspension type stuff, right? Um, but they add up, 
And enough of these types of instances are a big deal. And if something like this were to happen again, of course he's going to get benched or suspended a game. I mean, Rudy Gobert got suspended for a play-in game last year because of a, an in-the-heat-of-the-moment on-the-bench altercation with Kyle Anderson. So this stuff adds up, whether or not you're Anthony Edwards. And and that's something that the Wolves have to... Hopefully, Chris Finch has nipped it in the bud. And hopefully, there's that mutual respect that Ant seems to think... seems to, At least says that there is between him and, and Finch, or Finchy as he calls him. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see what that looks like here moving forward. But, um, so far things have gone okay. And we've been able to shrug it off to the tune of a 24, seven, 24 and seven record over the first 31 for the wolves. But, you know, we'll see what this develops into as the year wears on. All right, let's do individual studs and duds. We'll peek ahead at wolves Knicks on Sunday. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of lockdown wolves is brought to us by our friends over at prize picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. We are more than a third of the way, actually nearly halfway through the NBA season. You can pick combo projections across football and basketball. Still one week of regular season NFL action. You can use the Specials League over at Prize Picks. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, uh, you know Sunday night you could have picked. Um, shoot, I don't know. Yeah, the Lakers are playing. So you could take LeBron James and you could take, uh, I don't know, Romeo Dobbs on the Packers. You could take a combo of three-pointers made in receptions more than or less than and win based on how that shakes out. Also, Prize Picks offers a reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has an injury insurance Policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NBA code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds here from Wolves Lakers on Saturday. And uh, I haven't really talked. Well, let's do studs. We always do studs first. Um, we, I mean, like, obviously, Anthony Edwards. Like, I, I talked a little bit about the second quarter stuff, you know, I have here on the side. If you're watching on YouTube, I have Ant Heroics. I mean, that that period of time in the fourth quarter was crazy. Like, he just kind of took over. And again, you look at the line and you say, all right, 31 points and 23 shots. That's efficient. 9 of 11 at the line after, what did he shoot? I think I think it was 14 of 18 against the Mavs on Thursday. So after 18 free throws Thursday, he shoots 11 Saturday. He's finally starting to, to consistently be more aggressive going to the basket and actually get those foul calls. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Tyler Metcalf said this on the postcast Saturday night. We're not hearing quite as many hays from Anthony Edwards. He's not yelling hay quite as much. And perhaps there's a level of respect that's starting to, to, to appear from officials. He hasn't gotten a tech. I guess he got one the other night. Didn't he get one against? I think he got one against the Mavs. So I'll, I'll take that back. But I, I feel like he's starting to get a few more of those calls. Now, he got a little shot happy at times. The ball got a bit sticky middle stages of the game. He was two of eight outside the arc. Um, but you know, he was eight of 15 on two point shots, which, you know, shoot over 50% on twos. And you know, that you can, that that's not bad. Like that's a good thing. A little less mid range for Ant was good. He did hit a couple of tough shots that he probably should have never taken, but that comes with the territory with Anthony Edwards. And if you can get 31 on 23 shots, could it have been more efficient? Yes. Was it efficient enough? Absolutely. It was. And, and you know, 
he's been a little bit high usage the last couple of games from what we saw earlier in the season. But we also have to consider that that's come at the same time when Carlton Towns, you know, missed the game last Saturday and hasn't played it well at all since he's returned in the three losses, this or three losses, three games, two that they won and one that they lost throughout the course of this week. So, um, you know, Ants had to step up a bit and he's done exactly that. Um, Nas Reed, obviously a stud in this game. We talked a little about him uh, earlier in the show. 21 points on eight of 11 shooting. It does not get better than that. His first half was awesome. His second half was very good when he needed to be very good when Cat was on the bench with foul trouble and just not playing well. I was actually a little surprised Chris Finch did not close with Nas Reed. Um, he was asked about it after the game and he said, yeah, we considered it. But he, he basically said we he didn't say the words we thought Towns was going to follow up, but he said something like with the foul situation, we thought it would work out, you know, work itself out in the sense that let's get these minutes out of Cat where we can. And he, to Cat's credit, he had a big rebound in the final couple of minutes. And he also had a couple of big free throws too. And he had an assist on one of those threes from, I think it was one of the ant threes. Um, so like Cat actually played okay late in the fourth quarter, but uh, I was a little surprised all that to say that Nas didn't play down the stretch more, but he had 21 points on eight of 11 shooting two of five outside the arc. He was six of six on two point attempts at a couple of massive dunks, you know, classic jelly fam layups from Nas Reed in traffic. Just really good stuff. Five boards, couple steals, couple blocks for Nas Reed as well was a plus 13 off the bench. And my third stud could go Rudy could go Mike Conley. I'm going to go Conley because of the big shooting, but Rudy was also awesome. Uh, so actually, let's split it. I'll cheat on this one because it was a big win. Um, Rudy and Conley. Conley was 15 points on four of 11, four of nine on threes. Um, three of 11 at the, at, excuse me, three of four at the line, seven assists, four boards, only one turnover, typical seven to one assist to turnover ratio for Conley. Hit a big three late to put the Wolves up seven with 34-ish seconds to play. He did miss that three that would have been the dagger with eight seconds left that then led to the LeBron two that was almost a three and then the ant miss free throw in the final possession so Conley could have put it away with that three but he was still awesome in this game Rudy had 13 and 13 six of seven another super strong shooting night um, we talked earlier in the season about how last year I think it was basically a career low field goal percentage for Rudy this year despite playing really well on both ends of the floor Rudy's shooting percentage was lower than we're used to seeing from him over the course of his career that's starting to stabilize he was seven of seven I think against the Mavs Thursday six of seven in this game made his only free throw attempt on a nice and one, was a plus 19 in a game the Wolves only won by two. The Nas-Rudy together minutes were awesome in this game. That's something else we'll talk about later this week in terms of lineups. We'll check in on, on you know, what are Nas's best pairings, right? Like, that's something I think we should explore a bit more. So really good game from Rudy uh, overall in this one. He did have a couple silly turnovers after grabbing rebounds, especially. It was, we talked about this with Tyler on the postcast on Saturday, like, Get the ball to a guard, man. It's what I'm teaching my 10U basketball team right now. But anyway, uh, Duds, Carlton Towns is the only one for me. I mentioned his big moments at the end of the game. That notwithstanding those, he was five turnovers, five fouls in 29 minutes, some silly turnovers, some silly fouls, the hooking stuff on offense where he gets, you know, his shoulders past someone and still feels the need to hook them and try and pin them. Refs are looking for it. They're calling it every time. Just stop it, man. Just he stopped for a while, not stopped completely, but seriously reduced how much he was doing that stuff. And it's back. Uh, he's got to cut it out. Um, minus 23 in 29 minutes in a two point final score game, a one possession game. He's a minus 23. Not good. Uh, you know, three to seven shooting fine. He just didn't have the ball that much. And and he also turned it over so much. He didn't have the opportunity to actually 
shoot the ball. So credit to him for for hitting those free throws at the end and grabbing some big boards, but not a good cat game for sure. All right. Um, I think that's all I want to hit from this game. I don't know that there's much else really to focus on. This was this was a, a fun game for sure. Um, and fun to see LeBron and, and a full-strength Lakers team come into Target Center and also the Wolves obviously emerge with the win. The Wolves take on the Knicks now uh, Monday afternoon. This is New Year's Day uh, today. So matinee from Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, the team spending the evening New Year's Eve in New York and then playing a day game. I guess that's also the case for the Knicks. So we will see how this thing looks. I, I have a hunch we're going to get some sloppy basketball at some point, probably early in the game, but we'll see. Um, the Knicks are uh, are not playing Sunday either. They took on the Pacers last time out, actually lost by 14, gave up 140 points to the Pacers, who obviously are an incredible offensive team. They played Saturday as well. That was on the road in Indiana, so no you know rest or travel advantage for either team in this game. The Knicks have actually struggled defensively this year, and the 140 points to the Pacers kind of underscores that. They are 10th, though, in offensive rating um, and are relatively healthy. Uh, I believe Quentin Grimes is going to be out again. He didn't play on Saturday with an illness, and I believe I just saw before recording this that he's going to be out Monday as well, so that matters. Um, Of course, Mitchell Robinson's out for the season, but uh, you know, if the Wolves can stop Jalen Brunson at the point of attack and make life difficult as much as possible. Of course, they. I should also mention the Knicks made that big trade here uh, uh, over the weekend too. So like, it's too early to really know what exactly that's going to mean. I guess that would have impacted their game Saturday too. Um, but like, I, I, we're, I'm not going to preview this matchup really. We'll see what this rotation looks like for the Knicks after the big trade with the Raptors. Um, but there's also the effects of that. Like, is that going to work for the Wolves to the Wolves' advantage or not? I mentioned earlier the FanDuel line. The Wolves are favored by a single point on the road against the Knicks over under at 222 for this one. Uh, I think that might be a little low. I, I don't know that I'd bet on the game, but I'd maybe take the over. Then again, I guess it's New Year's Day matinee. I don't know. Matinee is typically a lower score. So go check that out on FanDuel. We'll, of course, have the live postcast here at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, and the audio will be here at Lockdown Wolves um, as well. And if you can't catch the game live on TV, you can listen on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves. You'll catch Wolves, Knicks, and our friend Alan Horton calling every bucket of the game. Again, SiriusXM on the Sirius X, X, excuse me, SXM app. Sirius XM, search Minnesota Timberwolves. That's all we have for you here today on the show. A big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow on X at Locked on T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Locked on Wolves podcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.